Are we still recording? Yeah. We're good? Okay. Let me ask you, I mean, what did you think of this conversation here tonight? Do you feel like it, it reflected uh, a thoughtful conversation about, about guns? It tried. It really did try. Last week, we invited people in Kansas City, where we're based, to join our podcast for Burgers and Beers and a live conversation with lawmakers and their neighbors about one of the most difficult issues in America, guns. You're, you're trying to make everybody get along and be kumbaya. That's wonderful. I don't see it out of that side. This isn't about control. This is about public safety. Now, these people live in a utopia, and they think that everything's going to be fine if we get rid of all the guns. Do any of you think anyone uh, changed anyone's mind here tonight or made anyone think differently about no, any aspect of but I tried. From KCUR, I'm Brian Ellison with a community conversation about gun laws in Missouri on this episode of Statehouse Blend, Missouri. Breaking news, you might say heartbreaking news. A heartbreaking day in Florida and sadly an all too familiar one. 17 people are now confirmed dead. We know at least three people still in critical condition after police say that a shooter believed to be just 19 years old opened fire at his former high school. Marches against gun violence will be taking place in hundreds of cities this afternoon with teenagers taking the lead. Many traveling to Washington overnight to call for action on gun control. The debate about how to regulate guns has been going on for decades in America, and not just on CNN or Good Morning America either. It rages on in living rooms and around dinner tables, and especially in these last few months since the shooting at a high school in Parkland, Florida, in schools. Often the debate has focused on the federal government, how Congress responds or fails to respond to mass shootings and alarming homicide and suicide rates involving guns. But the last few years, and especially this year, the focus has been on state legislatures and state-by-state efforts to change. Got a Fox News alert right now. We got some breaking news. Tallahassee now, the Florida State House, has just passed gun legislation spurred by the deadly school shooting three weeks ago. It includes new restrictions on rifle sales and a program to arm some teachers in Florida. The bill also provides new mental health programs for schools and a provision to keep guns away from people who show signs of mental illness or violent behavior. Here in Missouri, we've seen a fair amount of gun legislation proposed this session, but most of these bills, and all of them that have moved forward through legislative committees, would not make it more difficult to carry or use guns in Missouri. Rather, they'd make it easier. There's a bill already passed by a House committee that would decriminalize carrying concealed weapons in the few gun-free zones that are still designated, colleges, churches, bars. Another would bar local jurisdictions from regulating the open carrying of weapons at all. There's a bill that got a public hearing last month that would eliminate the requirement for the permission of a religious leader for guns to be brought into places of worship. My take on those bills is we're talking, remember, about all of those locations, about putting a law in place for the people that follow rules. So, gosh, rules followers or lawbreakers? That's Republican Representative T.J. Berry. He's a stalwart supporter of those types of legislation. He joined us on stage for our community conversation about gun laws in Missouri, and so did Democratic Representative John Carpenter. 
so we hear this argument a lot about, well, the bad guys aren't going to follow the rules anyway. So a couple of things. One, then why have any laws at all, right? If, if, uh, if the bad guys aren't going to follow them. And also in attendance, an audience filled with a wide range of ideologies. There was a delegation from a political group called the Western Missouri Shooters Alliance. There was a row of red t-shirts signaling the presence of moms demanding action against gun violence. They and many others took a turn at the mic as we tried to see if there was some sort of middle ground in this ongoing gun debate. My name is Carl Smart. I'm with Western Missouri Shooters Alliance. We're a political uh, action club in favor of gun rights. And I see a fundamental problem with the gun control people in the two words, gun violence. The problem with that is it conflates the inanimate object of the gun with the action of a human. And I'm of the opinion that until we separate those and deal with the real problem, which is the violence, we'll never get a handle on this. And what really is sad to me is the fact that the gun rights people and the gun control people want the exact same thing. We want the violence to stop. John Carpenter, let me ask you, is the problem the, the inanimate object, or is the problem some deeper root cause of violence? Why, why are we not addressing violence per se, the violence in the, in the human heart, rather than yeah. the guns? Well, I, I don't think there's any reason we can't have a little nuance and, and, and recognize that a lot of factors play into to how homicide rates happen in America. Um, and guns are only a part of that, but we have a much higher homicide rate than uh, other Western developed countries. And there's a pretty direct correlation that we also have a lot more guns in those countries um, and gun homicides accordingly. And so I don't think it's a big leap to, to, to make the connection. It doesn't mean that guns and guns alone are responsible for homicide, but I think it uh, pretty clearly plays a role. And for people who have lo lost loved ones because of that, that's why they make a lot of noise about the issue. Uh, and it, you know, it's homicide and suicide, by the way, I'd add. There's a lot of folks who lose their life uh, and had a firearm not been around, they might not have. Um, and so I understand why, why people are fired up about it. I do. Hello, Representative Carpenter, Representative Barry. Thank you for your service. I'm Karen Rogers, and I would tell you that as a wife and as a mother of elementary school children, that I am deeply concerned about people who don't have permits carrying guns in the school that my children go to every day. I have deep concerns about guns being carried without the permission of the pastor in the church that I attend every Sunday. And I am asking both of you to exercise some responsibility in drawing that line in a way that doesn't punish lawful gun owners, whom are in my family. I'm thinking about the Costco incident in Lenexa where somebody can walk around in a place and have a gun and until the moment that they are actually pulling it on somebody, they are law abiding. And that is what I'm concerned about because I leave those locations because I don't know that person. I don't know that they've gone through safety training. They're not required to in Missouri. I don't know that they have their gun on safety. I, I just would like some comment and I, I appreciate both of your service. Representative Barry. So there's over 300 million guns in the country. To think that we know anybody in here, whether they are breaking the law or not currently, has a gun, whether it's in a Costco or where it is, it's generally speaking a person with a gun that stops a person with a gun. 
And you have to look at that. It is. So you can cat call, you can do, but it's usually someone, as law enforcement, do they have a gun? They do. Let me ask you this, though. Uh, to, 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 to the question's point, is there regulation that you would support? Uh, is there incremental uh, limitation on guns that, that you could support as a person who supports gun rights? You know, I've looked at this a lot of times, and if I thought, if I really thought that you could create the regulations that someone would follow, or if I thought that you could set a level and it wouldn't change, sort of like our taxes, we set a level and they always change, I don't have, I don't have confidence that you wouldn't change that at another point and make it even more restrictive. So no. So you would not support any regulations? I will not. Next question. Hi, I'm Danielle Perry. Uh, my question is that Missouri was ranked 10th in the nation for women killed by men, and 71% of those killings were done with a gun. So what are you guys going to do in office to fix that problem Missouri is facing? Representative Perry? So uh, have we ever thought about taking a different model? Have we ever t thought about taking the Switzerland model and saying everyone will have a gun and everyone will go through class and everyone will absolutely be trained? Have we thought about that model? Okay. There are other options that we could do, but right now where we're at is Second Amendment or gun uh, control. Would you support, uh, that, I mean, that, that does involve requiring training for people who have guns. Would you support that? If it was nationwide and it was populace-wide, yes, I would. You know, the question is put to you, what would you as a legislator, Representative Carpenter, do about the problem uh, of, uh, of so many men killing women with guns? You're a Democrat in uh, a state legislature that is controlled by Republicans in both the House and the Senate. Does that change how you answer that question? What, what can you do? Well, if the question is because they have uh, big supermajorities uh, and therefore they're in control of the agenda, that's absolutely correct. But that doesn't mean we're going to, you know, Democrats who get elected to office aren't just going to give up because we're outnumbered. We're going to keep uh, fighting on these issues. And, and the question is largely uh, the result of domestic violence. Uh, we do need to do something about it. The first thing we need to do immediately is to unwind the portion of the bill that we passed a couple of years ago that contained both stand your ground but also through getting rid of the permit process, allowed people who have domestic violence order of protections against them to access firearms where before they couldn't. And also by doing that, the sheriff uh, could deny somebody an application uh, and no longer can if that person felt that uh, the person seeking the application was a danger. Um, so that's the first and easiest step we can do in, when it comes to firearms to deal with that issue. And it actually has bipartisan support. The House sponsor of the bill is a Republican. There's also a Democrat who has the same bill. What I've seen so far is, um, and again, this harkens back to the NRA, the NRA has uh, intervened and made it clear to a lot of folks that they don't like the bill. To me, that explains why it hasn't passed. And many people say, well, you're doing that because the NRA has bought you. And I find that to be one of the most offensive comments. And because of that, I went through, and anybody that would like to check this fact out, go to the Missouri Ethics Commission and do the work, but I checked out exactly how many people received a donation in the General Assembly from the NRA, and it was a total of five, and two of those individuals were gun shop owners, okay? The NRA 
isn't dictating policy in the state of Missouri. It is a difference of philosophical opinion on the right to protect oneself and the right not. I think that you have to balance these views very, very carefully. And can I just say, I, I actually, in terms of the NRA giving financial support to, to candidates for state office, I understand that that is probably pretty limited. But I've talked to a lot of my Republican colleagues who have deep fear of the NRA. All right. Yes. My name is Matthew Merriman. I'm running for Jackson County Executive. I'm a local area attorney um, here in Kansas City, former public defender. I've seen a lot of gun violence. And so my question is to both of you, how do you feel about local leaders, local politicians, local legislative branches, whether it's on the county or the city level, being able to legislate, you know, how, how for guns, legislate gun laws as they affect their own populations? Why can't Kansas City or Jackson County, for that matter, create their own laws that are more suited to their populations? And I'd like to know what you guys think about that. And that's not a theoretical question. That, uh, there is legislation that, that specifically prohibits local uh, uh, municipalities from, from issuing such regulations. What do you think of that, Representative Barry? You know, I've voted for several of those things that make sure that the individual does have the right uh, to carry, to carry within a city. So I think I've asked and answered a couple of times. So you would obviously not support a local, um, a local entity being able to do that. Uh, even though Republicans have traditionally supported more local control. You know, when you look at the Bill of Rights and you look at the enumerated uh, rights that are not given by government but by given by higher power, then you, then balancing that, if you take out one of those, then our ability to gather, can that be taken out? Our ability to, of free speech and to can that be taken out? And those are not, again, rights given by government. Those are inalienable rights that we all have no matter who we are. Uh, Representative Carpenter, do you think it would be okay for the state to have a, a, a patchwork of different levels of gun regulation? You know, the, the representative um, who is carrying the bill to disallow cities from having any uh, regulation over open carry isn't from Kansas City, he's from outstate Missouri, and he's a nice guy, I get along with him well enough, but, but when I talk to him about it, I ask him, you know, you don't live in Kansas City, your family's not here, what makes you feel like you have the right to force the city of Kansas City to allow people to, for example, uh, uh, walk down the streets brandishing AR-15s uh, openly, uh, which is what the law would allow, and or any group of people to all walk down the street, march down the street with publicly brandishing their AR-15s. Um, and, and there's not a, a real good answer to it, in my opinion. You know, I think this is an, an issue where, uh, you know, if you want to allow that where you live, talk to your local elected officials and ask them to allow you to walk down the street with your AR. But, you know, in Kansas City, most folks here don't want that. We don't want to go to work uh, downtown and have, you know, 10 people walking down the street publicly brandishing firearms. So uh, I, I really wish they would respect local control on, on the issue. Okay. Let's take a for instance, because this isn't in our state or our city, but let's say that I live in a city that is um, highly regulated and will not allow AR-15s, rifles, okay? Because an AR-15 is a rifle, okay? And I leave my house with my rifle, I put it in my car, 
and I drive to rural Missouri or rural wherever to hunt. Have I broken a law by doing so? Yes. So you can draw the regulations so where you can, you can get very, very tight regulations that have unintended consequences. And I'm not saying that that's what the regulation intends at all, but you can get there. And which has more power? And this is a question I've asked people because a lot of people are not well educated. Which has more firepower? Not r how rapid bullets come out, but does damage to body. Uh, an AR-15 or a 30-30 rifle for deer hunting? Which has a larger caliber? Okay, and are you gonna take out all when you, when you go about doing this? It's very, very difficult to draw those lines, and that's why I say it's bright, and I, I would not draw a line. Question. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. My name is Lauren Hall, and basically I'm just a concerned citizen. Uh, I live in community, and so as much as I completely respect the rights of the individual, I still live in a community. So my question is this. Um, would you consider... Uh, and if you would or if you won't, I'd like to, you to explain why, but would you consider even studying, letting the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, studying violence? Perhaps we don't like the gun violence put together, but violence created by guns. And I'll take my question sitting down. So there is currently a prohibition on uh, federal congressional. Fe congressional prohibition on federal funding going to study the effects of gun violence. Would you support? Would you support changing that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that that seems like a, a, a pretty easy step to take to to allow the issue to at least be studied. I'm, I, you know, we're not in Congress, although we do often pass exactly. House resolutions telling Congress what we think they ought to do. So we could we could definitely do that. Would you, uh, you, you are not in Congress as you've already established, but would you, would you support that? I don't mind if it happens. Um, I don't think that it will affect my position and the thought out of my philosophy. I mean, there was a question, she introduced herself saying that she lives in community. I guess I, there are, there are all kinds of times, Representative Barry, when individual rights come into conflict with the needs or rights of the community. And, and it seems to me like a lot of our laws do uh, favor the community over the individual in those cases. So the, the right to free speech is limited at times by our laws, that whether it's the shouting fire in a crowded movie theater or uh, the right to freedom of expression doesn't include times when your free expression might cause harm to, to others or put others in danger. Why is this so different than that? Because I think that you already have the laws on the books for the actions that take place when somebody breaks the law. That's why. Because the person, the person who decides to break the community spirit with violence has already chosen and performed an illegal act. That's why. Let me ask one more question, the final question. Uh, we started, I, I started by noting sort of the, the civility of, of this conversation, the way that, that, that you two can talk about these issues, and I think that's true. But I also think there's a certain, um, I don't want to say, uh, I don't want to say it's depressing, <laughs> but it's, it's discouraging. It doesn't seem that uh, 
either of you has changed your mind. It doesn't seem that anyone here has changed their mind. And it doesn't seem that we're any closer to either solving the problem of a lot of people dying from guns or the, the, the problem that, that many feel uh, of that the, the rights are being threatened by, by the whole conversation, by these possible uh, legislation uh, laws being proposed. So I guess my question to, to both of you is, give us an encouraging word if you have one. What is the way forward for this conversation? How do we make progress, not just here in Missouri, but in the whole country? So the way the we way make progress is by uh, elected officials taking action, and if they won't, then it's by uh, the voters of both our state and of the country holding them accountable for their inaction. I'm very confident that when we go to the voters and ask them things like, do you think we ought to allow guns into bars and daycares and casinos, that they're going to say no. Representative Barry? The reason I came here tonight was because I think it's extremely important in, in situations like this, in environments like this, to come and actually engage in the conversation and say, okay, do you understand why I believe what I believe? Because I need to understand the other side of it. Because if you don't, then you ratchet up the intensity of I'm out to get that person or I'm out to get the other. And I don't agree with my wife every day, guaranteed. But the, I still respect her and I respect the people that have a differing opinion of me. And I'm very, very glad that we have a republic where you can access your representatives and have these conversations. With the end of the legislative session fast approaching, it's unclear what the fate of those bills pending in the Missouri General Assembly will be. But if they don't pass this year, you can bet they'll be back. And so will the conversation. Our thanks to Representatives T.J. Berry and John Carpenter for being part of our live taping. Thanks also to the Buffalo Room at the Westport Flea Market in Kansas City for hosting us. Statehouse Blend Missouri is produced by Matt Hodap. We had production help from Chris Young and Mike Russo. Don't forget to follow me all week long on Twitter. I'm at PTSBrian. And if you're in the Kansas City area, mark your calendars for May 10th. We're co-hosting a candidate forum along with the League of Women Voters in the special Senate election to succeed Senator Ryan Silvey in the Kansas City Northland. A good old-fashioned debate between Republican Kevin Corlew and Democrat Lauren Arthur. You can join us at Eastgate Middle School. You can get more information at kcur.org slash statehouseblend. I'm Brian Ellison. Thanks for listening. <laughs>